Uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. And uh, I don't know, you guys look rested. You look great. You look well. Uh, you know, Brother Kenny, I'm just so distracted in worship with those shoes, man. I mean, it just, you look so sharp today. Uh, but uh, maybe you're like me and your, your neighbors love to celebrate till about two in the morning. Um, you know, I don't know if you're there, but uh, had any neighbors that were really enjoying their holiday uh, right next to your bedroom window. But uh, that's always great, isn't it? And uh, we, we uh, vote. We're having a good time. Anyways, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I think that one of the things my desire is that I want to live like Jesus died yesterday, rose again today, and is coming back tomorrow. I believe that we need to be passionate about the Lord and passionate about worship and passionate about who God is and what He has done in our lives. That should never leave our hearts, right? Amen. The Bible talks about living under that grace and that living under that experience should motivate us to do what we need to do in this life and love other people and, and uh, be who God's called us to be. So I'm excited you're here today. I want to just preach something uh, that I felt like is kind of necessary, but, you know, timing. Uh, that's one of the things as a pastor you're trying to preach, you know, something that's timely and yet, you know, something that's uh, interesting. No, but you're trying to hear from the Lord and you're trying to say, okay, God, what are you saying for us today? And I uh, just really feel like today... We need to share this. So if you'll just turn in your Bibles or click on your device to Isaiah chapter 60, you want to just get right into this today. Just had a great crew of uh, people in our first, uh, our membership class, our second class in the growth track. And we had, um, hopefully they had a good time. I talked most time, but um, we're going to be uh, going over our spiritual gifts next week. And, and then in the fourth week, we go over our serve teams and how that they can uh, play a part in our church and how they can make a difference in the lives of others. So we're looking forward to that. We've got a good group of people that really want to make this house their home. And so we're excited about that. And uh, I don't know where you're at in your life and what God's doing in your heart. But I just wanted to say whatever you need is in Jesus Christ. I mean, if you're hungry for God, if you're, if you're anywhere in your life, I don't know if you need a healing in your body, if you need, you know, something, a touch in your mind, your spirit. I don't, how many times you can just, every, you know, here in this place, you can just say every once in a while, I just need a little touch from the Lord. Amen. I just need a touch from the Lord. And most days I'm all right, you know, living by His strength. But there's other days I just need a special touch. So we hope that you really get a special touch from God today and uh, touches your family and affects your whole life. In Isaiah chapter 60, starting in verse 1, we'll read the scripture and then we'll pray. It says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. How many believe that it's time to arise? Come on, let me see your hand. How many believe it's time to arise? Well, the Bible declares that we need to arise and shine, for the light has come, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I want to talk to you about that today. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you most of all for Jesus Christ and the Lord, the, the covenant we have through Him and salvation. I pray, Lord, that if anybody here listening to my voice is not born again and they have questions about you, questions about life and, what, and who Jesus is and what life is all about, that you will answer those questions for them in their heart. Better than I can, Lord, you can do it. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Arise, shine, for the, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. That literally means to rise up in splendor and be radiant for the glory of the Lord is streaming from you I love that it says it's streaming from you the glory of the Lord is streaming from you in Isaiah chapter 60 if you'll notice something he uses this word glory and he talks about the glory of a new day in fact the last seven chapters chapter 60 through 66 
really declare the glories of a new day. And he says 23 times in those, ver in those chapters, he says the glory 23 times. That's what he's talking about. The glory of a new day. So people talk about a new normal. I believe it's a new day. And I believe it's a new day for the church. And I believe it's a new opportunity and a new day of visitation for the church. Can anybody say amen? I believe it's a new day. And so Paul's ta or, uh, Isaiah is talking here about the light of the glorious day, a new day. And he talks about a new mercy. He talks about a new day, a new priesthood, a new prayer, a new heaven, a new earth, and even a new Jerusalem, the, the glory of a new day. And so he declares to the church that we need to arise because that new day is here. So we need to arise and enter into it. Get busy uh, going with God on this new day that he has for you in this new glory that he has for us. And I know that as the, we look at the world, we look at our culture and some of the things that are happening, you may think that a godless society, and you may think and look and see that a godless society is getting further and further away from God, and they're getting more violent, and it's getting more uh, kind of just more vile out there and more separated from God. Well, if that's the case, because Jesus said that men's hearts would grow uh, wax uh, weaker and more sinful, if that's the case, I believe that the church needs to be growing more stronger, more powerful, more pure in their witness. And Come on, anybody with me? If the world is going away from God, getting worse, I believe we're growing, going to God, we should be getting stronger. We should be arising at this moment. We should be shining right now, amen, in this time of chaos and change. Anybody? Come on, I... I'm, I'm used to not, I'm preaching nobody. I've preached to a camera for 13 weeks. I need to preach to somebody. And so the Bible says that we're to arise and we're to shine. For the glory of the Lord is what? Streaming from you, coming out of you. The glory of a new day. And the Bible says that we need to respond to this new day. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. I'm just going to read a few verses starting in verse 11. <clears throat> And then we introduce a few points. We'll go through some things, encourage each other, pray. And then you can go home and finish your 4th of July meal. How many have leftover hot dogs? Anybody? Oh, okay. One person. All right, amen. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11. I'm going to read out of the NIV. And he said, and do this. So he's talking about what we need to do as Christians. And do this. Do the things that God wants you to do. Knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. It's interesting. And let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or drunkenness or lewdness or lust, not in strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, to fulfill its lust thereof. He uses a few key words. He says, knowing the time. Know the time. To awake out of sleep. Salvation is near. Put on the full armor, the armor of light. And put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see in 2020 that we saw that there was a shaking. We saw that God began to shake some things. Then uh, we saw that there's a quaking. I believe that there's, the ground was kind of unsettled below us. Amen. But how many believe, and I believe with all my heart, that God is getting ready to do an awakening. Amen. Amen. An arising of the people of God. A rising of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says that we're called the head and not the tail. 
The Bible says that the, and when Jesus is coming back for His church, He's not coming down for a broken down, hidden, obscure, amen, some uh, older type church. He's coming for a glorious church, a vibrant church, a church ready to meet Jesus Christ. Amen. And I believe that there's three keys here in Romans chapter 13 I want to share with you today about how we can arise and shine. Number one, as the Bible talks about, we need to wake up. We just need to wake up, and I'll explain that in a moment. Wake up, and as we read Romans chapter 13, he says that we need to awake out of sleep. There's several times when the Bible talks about this, and we're going to share that. But number two, that we need to hear the sound. So not only do we need to wake up, I believe, in this hour and pay attention, but we need to hear the sound. And number three, we need to lift our voice. That's what I believe. I believe that one of the things Paul was constantly talking about, especially here in Romans 13, is that we need to wake up, we need to hear the sound, and we need to lift our voice. I can't help but think of the word wake up. I, and I, as, I, as I just kind of uh, had that word going around in my spirit, I, I just saw an alarm clock. How many know, amen, we talk about waking up, usually talk about waking up, amen, in the morning, right? Waking up out of sleep is what Paul was talking about. And all the definitions that I looked up through waking up and, and all these things about waking up, there was words, that things like get up, arise, rouse out of sleep, shake yourself, uh, things like get out of neutral. Amen. Come on, you need to look at your neighbor and say, man, it's time for you to get out of neutral and go somewhere. Amen. It means to snap out of it. This is where we get the word revival, revive is that something happens in your heart and your spirit, you begin to come alive. So waking up has to do with coming alive. You could say that the first part of waking up is coming alive. Because how many know if you're not alive, you're dead? The Bible says the dead praise not the Lord. And when we come into church, how many know we like an alive hallelujah? We like a alive praise the Lord. Amen. Because God has quickened us and made us alive. And so I just want to encourage you today that coming alive, we need to wake up and come alive. We need to rouse from our sleep. And, and I believe that we need to seize the day, seize our opportunity. Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he said that I sent the prophets to you and I sent all these things and the Messiah came and you didn't even know your day of visitation. You missed your day of opportunity. You missed your opportunity of visitation. And I don't want us to say that in our generation. I want us to be able to seize the day. I want us to come alive and look at this opportunity and this time in our, in our culture and our society right now. Not to join it along with some of the chaos and confusion, but to go and arise above it and say, now God has another way, another, another direction for us to go. And then there's a, another path that God wants us to lead in. Come on. Amen? Anybody? So we can arise and we can come alive. We need to seize the day. You know, really what it means to, to come alive. If you, it, obviously, if you, come, uh, you get out of sleep and you get out, as Paul said, awaken out of sleep. You know, the opposite is to not just be dead. It means to be hardened. It, means to be, it also means to hypnotize. That's, that's what one of the, the opposites of the word come alive means. It's when you hypnotize. That's a, kind of the first stages of deception is when you start being mesmerized and hypnotized by something uh, that really captures your attention. And get your, your gaze and your focus off what you're supposed to be paying attention to. But I believe that God wants us to wake up. Anybody? Amen? I believe that God wants us not just to come alive, but He wants us to arise. He wants us to get up. He wants us to provoke one another into love and good works. You know, I, I've said that many times that Christians need to provoke one another. But how many know there's some Christians that just plain irritate you? 
Amen. But we need to provoke one another. I'm not talking about irritating somebody. I'm talking about provoking somebody to love and good works. Another, your life, your words, your encouragement to them, whatever you do, and, and kind of pushes them towards really serving God better, serving the Lord more, doing more for God, doing a better job. Come on, in your, your life and your family and being a better Christian. That's provoking one another. And that's what happens when we begin to stir one another up and begin to arise to the things of God as we begin to see this urgency in the scriptures. And I believe there's an urgency, as Isaiah was saying here, there's an urgency for the people of God to arise. There's an urgency for the church to shine. There's an urgency to step into the glory that God has for us in our personal lives, in our, come on, in our church, and what God wants to do in our communities, in our cities, and our families. I believe that with all my heart. And I don't believe God wants us to suppress anything at this time. God doesn't want us to hold back at this time. God doesn't want us to, to look at things and say, well, maybe we should just get in a foxhole, in a rabbit hole, and maybe we should just hide from the world, and then maybe this thing will pass. But how many know everywhere you look all through history, God has his church right in the middle of everything that's happening. And God has them shining. God has the glory coming on them and the witness of Jesus coming forth. Amen. And I believe that's happening. I believe that uh, it, you know, it's time that we stop fighting on Facebook and we just stop really start proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in a fresh new way. This is a new day. We've got to get a hold of it. We've got to take a, you know, really seize this moment of opportunity, I think. You know, one of the things as I was praying and thought about this with the rising, you know, I thought about there's so many things that Christians stand against rather than what they stand for. And I believe God doesn't want us to get into a place where we're, we, we, all we do is we declare what we're against. We just proclaim what we're against. How many know we need to declare what we're for? Anybody? You can't just live your life on what you're not supposed to do. You can't just live your life on what God said you can't do. Come on, somebody. On what we're, we're against as a church. No, you can't do that. You've got to tell people what we promote, what God is for. Amen. What God is all about. And that's what the Lord wants us to do in this moment is to arise. As I begin to think about waking up and arising and all these things, guess what? The one word comes to me is to stay awake. As Paul was exhorting here in Romans 13, he was saying, you've got to stay awake. You've got to pay attention. You've got to be aware. You've got to understand what's happening in your day. You've got to pay attention. So you've got to be able to wake up. Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, wake up. He's only been 10 minutes. You can wake up. Amen. And then we become aware of some things. We, we pay attention to some things. And, you know, when you're, when you're asleep, your heart rate slows down. Come on. And if you're a Christian, if you get to go to sleep on some things, your passion, amen, begins to wane. Your, your heart begins to beat, amen, a little slower than it did when you were first born again. You know, maybe not, you know, uh, really passionate about other people and serving and loving and preaching the gospel and, and sharing the good news with other people. Maybe you're not as passionate about your marriage that you used to be. God wants your heart to beat fervently. Come on. And when you're asleep in your marriage, asleep in your community, asleep in the church, our heart for the Lord, our heart for the things of God are going to beat a little slower. So I believe that God wants us to stir up our hearts and stay awake in this hour. You know, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 13. He said, uh, verse 33, he said, And since you don't know when it will happen, that when Jesus comes back, stay alert. Be on the watch for my return. And then he said this in verse 37, just plain watch. Watch and be ready. Stay awake. Watch and pray. In the garden, Jesus told the disciples, can't you just stay awake and just pray with me for an hour? Come on. How many feel like that's who, how you would be with Peter, James, and John? You'd kind of be snoozing right with them, right? 
Come on. But Jesus said, can't you stay awake? This is the most important time in my life. This is the most important time in human history. Can't you just stay awake for an hour? Can't you just wake up and stay alert for just a little bit? Amen. I believe God, the Lord kind of tells me that sometimes. Man, you need to pay attention. You need to stay awake. Jesus tells parables about how that uh, when the master of a vineyard gave uh, all these responsibilities to his servants and then he went to a far country, after a while he didn't come back. And they said the master delays. And so they started spending the money illegally and beating each other up and getting drunk. And when the master came back, they were in big trouble. How many remember the story of when uh, Moses went up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and so he didn't come back for 40 days and they said, Moses delays. He's taking his time. Nothing's happening. Man, let's build a calf. Let's, let's worship something. I, we got to do something. And how many know that's always our challenge? We cannot ever say that, that God, Jesus is never coming back. We can't ever say that Jesus isn't going to do something, that God doesn't want to bring revival. Amen, that Jesus isn't coming back. We've got to stay awake in this hour. We've got to stay alert in this hour. Is anybody with me? Amen. Maybe this should be for next week. Amen. But he said we need to stay awake. And so we, we can't say that Jesus delays and he's not doing what he said he would do. And he's not quick about what he said. Or he's, he's sleeping on the job. He's not dealing with some of these things that he needs to deal with. How many know we just need to watch and pray? We need to be, amen, vigilant about what he's called us to do. And we need to be sharp in this hour about what's happening to our kids and our family. To the, come on, to the home and to America and our communities. We need to pay attention. We need to be aware. Amen. I just want to give you six hindrances of staying awake. This is really deep, guys, really deep. The first one is not sleeping. Amen. Six hindrances to staying awake is falling asleep. How many know we can't fall asleep in our, in our spiritual lives? We can't fall asleep to Bible reading and prayer and staying with the Lord and talking to God and witnessing. We can't fall asleep in this hour. You can't fall asleep in your relationships and your, with your husband or wife and your children, raising your children, thinking, oh, well, they'll be okay. I'll just sit them in front of the television and let them get online and, and hang out with their friends, and somehow they'll grow up okay. You can't fall asleep on the job. Amen? Another hindrance is being distracted. As Paul was talking here, and later on, he talks and he says in 2 Corinthians verse seven, or chapter 7, he says, amen, that we need to stay awake. We can't be distracted. Serve the Lord without distraction. Number three, making excuses. Jesus said that this is a hindrance to being alive in God, to being aware, to, being, to following Jesus, to being with what God is doing. He said making excuses, why you can't serve God, why you can't do this, why you can't do that, why you can't work, why you can't uh, be you know, uh, efficient, why you can't you know, supply, why you can't, come on, making excuses. Jesus said, man, that's a bad thing. Number four, loving something else other than God. These are hindrances to staying awake. When you begin to get your attention on other things and your heart begins to follow other things, man, somehow you just begin to sleep and you just are lulled to sleep, amen, concerning the things of God. Number five, when you're walking in the dark, when you're walking in the dark. And number six, when you're being overtaken. The Bible says that the thief is going to come when? In the night. He's going to come when we're not aware. When you're sleeping, the Bible said. Jesus said when you're sleeping, the thief is going to come. Is that right? And people, people prepare Amen. They're not prepared because they're sleeping. And he said, I'm going to be like that thief in the night. I'm going to, be, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to come to the world when you're not expecting me. I mean, it's going to be like any other day, the Bible says, that Jesus will return. Someone said, oh, you're sounding old school. No, I'm sounding new school. This is the new day. 
We need to start talking about, amen, these things today. Because Jesus is coming back. And he wants to find people ready for him, waiting for him, faithful, amen, the Bible says, expecting him, amen. And so I want to just point out that there's three things in the book of Revelation that Jesus constantly warned the churches about, the seven churches about. He warned them about laziness. He warned them about lukewarmness, and he warned them, he warned them about the lap of luxury. Yes, there are three L's. Amen. So laziness, lukewarmness, and luxury, Jesus warned them about. So not only do we need to wake up, but I believe that this is very important and we need to hear the sound. We've got to hear what God is saying. We've got to hear the sound. You know, there's so many people I've talked to and Christians, it's like they just, I don't know what to think. I don't know how to think. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the future holds. How many know in this particular time we've got to hear the sound? We've got to hear what God is saying. We've got to read the scriptures and find out, man, where are we supposed to be right now? What does God want us to do right now? We've got to listen. So hearing the sound has to do with listening, has everything to do with listening. In fact, this is what the Bible talks about. This is one of the first things that we learn of from Jesus. He said, my sheep hear my voice. One of the first things we learn about following Jesus is listening. Number two, the second thing we learn, uh, we find out about Jesus is learning from him. So not only do we, do we listen, but we have to learn. You know, Paul warns the church that we shouldn't be tossed to and fro like children by whatever people are saying out there. That we shouldn't be controlled by uh, what, what, what the, you know, people are saying that's contrary to the word of God. And we shouldn't be led astray by their voices in this hour. He even said, and if an angel comes to you, in Galatians he said, if a, an angel comes to you and preaches another gospel, don't listen to him. Think about it. We've got to hear what God says. We've got to listen in this hour. Jesus said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Right? And then he said this, he said, whoever hears these sayings of mine. And does them. And in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today. Amen. How many believe God's speaking today? No, he spoke back in the seven. No, he's speaking today. Amen. He's speaking today. And so you got to listen. And then you got to learn. I believe walking with Jesus is about learning from Jesus. And that's what we do. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Whoever claims to live in Jesus must live as Jesus did. And so as we're going to live in Christ, how many know we've got to live like he did? And so we've got to not just listen, but we've got to learn. We learn by obeying. We learn by hearing the word and obeying. We've got to hear it. We've got to believe it. We've got to obey it. You know, years ago, I thought about there's three types of people that I see. I believe there's three types. There's the do's, the don'ts, and the difficult. Anybody? There's people that just do it. And Jesus said, man, they're, they're, they're people that they just do it. They hear it and they do it. Then there's people... That are, you know, they just don't do it. They don't want to do it. And there's the difficult. And then there's a, actually a fourth that I could throw in there. There's the dense. They just don't get it. And Jesus said, man, you got to wake up. You've got to pay attention. You can't be dense in this hour. You can't be ignorant. You can't be falling asleep. You've got to get it in this hour. You've got to understand what Jesus is doing. Amen. And I really appreciate something about the Lord is he doesn't change. I mean, you know, our, our, our world is changing so rapidly, but one thing that God never changes. His word never changes. Aren't you glad for that? The power of his word never changes. Salvation never changes. His blood doesn't change. Amen. The power to forgive doesn't change. Amen. The power to cleanse and forgive doesn't change. The commission doesn't change. The mission of Jesus doesn't change. The love of God and the grace of God doesn't change. I love that about the Lord. These are things we learn. And so as you're listening and hearing God, man, you need to learn. Uh, uh, from the Lord. The Bible says that one of the things that back in the day that there was a famine, not for food or for water, but there was a famine to hear the word of the Lord. 
There's a famine. And I believe that there's a famine in our generation, our culture. There's a gap somewhere that somebody knew, John 3.16, and now all of a sudden nobody knows even who God is. Our children don't even know who Adam and Eve are. No, is, that, is, that a, is that a problem? It can be. Amen. But how many know that that's our responsibility? Amen. That's our responsibility. People have to hear, and we've got to be speaking. And so the other thing I like to say about how we can lift our voice, or how we can really right now is not just listen and hear the sound, is that how we can really look around. One of the things that the Bible teaches us is that you've got to look around. You've got to be able to pay attention. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 and 18, Paul said this, and it was similar to what he said in Romans. He said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And by the way, most historians believe that he's quoting from Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come. And be careful, be very careful, and then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Why do we have to be filled with the Spirit? Well, because then it makes us good church people. No, because there's stuff to do. Because God has a commission for us and a plan for us. And for, come on, for us to do His work and His will in the earth. And we've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We should not be filled up with the things of the society and culture and our day. We should be filled up with the things of the Spirit, right? Because we've got work to do. And that's what Paul is saying is you've got to look around. You've got to pay attention. If you're not paying attention, you're not going to know where God is going. If you're not going to know where God's going, you're not going to know who to follow in these days. And if you don't know how to fo where to follow, man, you're going to end up, amen, in a very, very poor place. And so the Bible says you've got to look around. And notice as he says here, he's saying this to a very healthy church. He's not saying this to a weak church. He's saying that you've got to awake. You've got to rise. You've got to be careful. You've got to live carefully. You've got to redeem the time. Make full use of your opportunities and your day. Make full use of your time to raise your family and love your husband and wife and, and to do it right. Come on, somebody. Amen. Don't spend your days on what you feel good about and what you interest you. Amen. Raise your kids right. Pour into the next generation. Is anybody listening? Amen. Amen. Love your neighbors better than you love yourself. Reach out of your four walls. Reach out of your home. Reach out of your neighborhood. Reach out of your, your kind of your world and expand your world and see that other people are hurting. I'm going to tell you something. You've got to look around. Jesus said to lift your eyes for the harvest. He said lift your vision. Come on, how many remember that? In John chapter 4, he was telling the disciples, he said, look even now, the harvest is ripe. Now, when we got to look at this picture. In John chapter 4, Jesus had just ministered to the woman at the well. It was outside the city. And by that time, the disciples came back after getting hoagies for Jesus and getting lunch. They went, and then she went, the woman at the well went back into town. The Bible says, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. And she brought a whole bunch of people. The Bible said the whole city came out to hear Jesus. And so here's the picture as Jesus is telling the disciples, don't say there's four months and then comes a harvest. He said, the harvest is right now. He said, lift your eyes and look and you can see the harvest. They were coming to Jesus as he was speaking. Think about it. He said, these guys are ready. They're ripe and it's happening right now. And so, amen, we need to look at that. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we need to awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake to righteousness and sin not. You know, the, there's an old saying that I've said many, many times that the smaller your world, the bigger your drama. You ever notice that about people? Come on, they got some big drama going on in their life. I mean, they think that everything revolves around social media. 
I mean, it makes or breaks their, their life, their day. If they're not having a good day in social media, if they didn't get enough likes, if they're arguing, fighting with somebody, they treat everybody nasty. Come on, they, they about, their life falls apart if nobody likes their video. I mean, think about it. That's the world we live in. I mean, if nobody sends an emoji of the day, man, they're going to they're gonna need counseling for depression. You know what I'm saying? That's where we're at. Amen. How many know the smaller your world, the bigger your drama, but the bigger your world, then you realize, amen, there's, there's so much going on around you. And so you need to get fixed and look around and see what God's doing and look at other people's lives. See what they're going through and what their world entails. Come on and get involved in their lives. That's what the Bible is uh, teaching us here and what Jesus teaches us. In Joel, uh, that story in Joel chapter 2 when he talks about, you know, that the Spirit of the Lord is coming upon you and your, your young men are going to prophesy and your young ladies are going to get on fire for God. you got to read the rest of that because he says to thrust in the sickle and reap the harvest. And this is what he said. He said, look around you. There are multitudes in the valley of decision. Think about it. And that's what he says in Joel's gospel, in, in the book of Joel. I love that. So we need to look around. When Moses looked and came up to that mountain in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says that the burning bush was there and God was speaking out of the bush. And, and the Bible says that when Moses turned aside, he said, I'm going to turn aside and see this great sight. The moment he looked around, the moment he turned aside, the Bible says he saw Jesus. Think about it. And so that's what God's calling us to do. I believe that when we begin to listen, when we begin to learn and look around, this is a couple things that we hear. This is what we're going to hear. We're going to hear the voice of the Lord in the middle of our crisis and chaos and change. You're going to hear God's voice. And number two, I believe that you're going to hear the cry in the world for the gospel. So when we began to listen and we began to learn and look around, I believe it's so important that we do this right now, that we awake and we arise. Because it's time to arise and shine. Now how the Lord wants to use you, I don't know. That's something you're going to have to pray about. But you know what, you just simply, sometimes it just takes, it's so easy just to kind of maybe get out of your house and just look around. Maybe take a walk and look around. Maybe go into the stores and look around and just walk around and begin to ask the Lord, God, have, have me wake up in this hour. I want to pay attention. Some of us, I've got to say it one more time. Some of you just got to stop watching TV for hours on end. You got to turn that thing off. and You begin to just listen a little bit more to the Lord. Look around and see what he's doing. Come on, because it's time to arise and to awaken. I'm not talking about in anger. I'm not talking about in fear. I'm talking about an urgency that Jesus is coming back and we've got a mission to accomplish. Amen. We've got a mission to do. We've got something, amen, that God has given us to do in this hour. In Psalms chapter 89 and verse 15, he says, Blessed are the people who know the passwords of praise or hear the sound, the joyful sound, who shout on parade in the bright presence of God, delighted they dance all day long. They know who they are, they know what to do, and they can't keep quiet. And so let me leave you with this. Last point, not only do we need to wake up and then we need to hear the sound, but we need to lift our voice. When you begin to lift your voice, amen, you begin to share your testimony. I want to say this, that the very first thing about lifting your voice is your confession of faith. When you begin to confess Jesus as Lord, the moment we did that, when we were born again, we confessed Jesus as Lord. Not only are you making a confession for Jesus, but you're making a commitment to him. So your commitment and your confession of salvation is so important this hour. Can anybody say amen? About lifting your voice, sharing your testimony, sharing your story is so important, amen, in this day, in this hour. Amen. It's not just talking about what you think about, about this political side or this view over here or this, come on, this, this uh, uh, issue. But it's about your testimony. 
It's about your confession of faith. It's about your commitment to the Lord is what God wants to hear. He's going to use that in this hour. I believe that. Amen? I believe we need to lift your voice. Anybody? Lift your voice. Amen? You're, come on. Some people have been lifting their voice. I believe it's time for the church to lift your voice. Amen? I believe it's time for the world to hear from the church in this hour. Someone said that the world is really divided, more divided at this time than ever. I don't think so. I think that the church is getting tighter. I believe that the church is hunkering down and getting stronger. We're digging our heels in because we're going somewhere. Amen. We're getting ready to do something amazing. And as we lift our voice for the Lord, I believe that it really starts with our confession. And you know something? As you lift your voice, as you begin to give your testimony and share your story and begin to talk about the Lord, your popularity, or the popularity of Jesus, I should say, Rest on what you publish about him. The popularity of Jesus rested on those around him that published him. Remember when Jesus would do a miracle and then he said, don't tell anybody about this? You remember when he said that? But read in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus did the miracles. The Bible says they went out everywhere and published his name. They couldn't help but tell everybody about what Jesus had done for them. Come on. And as they did that, the more popular Jesus became. So the more you testify about Jesus, not argue with people on Facebook, but the more you testify about Jesus, the more popular he becomes. Anybody? Thanks, Brother Steve. I'm going to give you a piece of candy for that. Thanks. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. But look at this. John the Baptist. This is so good. When John the Baptist came, the Bible says that he was a voice of one crying in the wilderness. He was the voice that came from the wilderness into that generation. He brought that voice into his culture of repent, Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Holy Spirit is being poured out. Amen? How many know that's you? God's called you to be that forerunner. God's called you to prepare people's hearts, to point people in the direction of Jesus, to get people ready to meet Jesus. That's what John was doing. John was saying, I'm not the one, but there's one coming after me who's greater than I am. He's coming. Oh, yes, he is. And at that moment, John was baptizing people in the Jordan. And I could see John as he has somebody under the water, and he just keeps, he sees Jesus coming up the road and he forgets to lift that person out of the water. He's like, behold, the Lamb of God, this is the guy I told you about. Amen? He was a forerunner and that's who God's called us to do. Or God's called us to be. And John the Baptist was one that, that he prepared the way. What does that mean? Before mercy came, repentance came. John the Baptist preached repentance. And I believe that there needs to be a fresh wave of repentance being preached in our culture. I'm not talking about being nasty. I'm not talking about ramming it down people's throat. I'm talking about a powerful message of repentance. Is any Christian with me in the room? Amen. Come on, repent and be baptized. There's no other way. Come on, without the remission of sins, there is no forgiveness. There is no eternal life. Come on, that's how it has to happen. And repentance, John the Baptist preached repentance, and repentance had to come before mercy. And so I believe that's what we need to do. And so not only does the popularity of Jesus rest on our testimony, but also hearts are re prepared to meet the Lord as we testify about the Lord, as we share about the Lord. And you say, well, Brother Matt, this, isn't, this is a simple message. This is so simple. Uh, we need something very complex. I need to, I need to know uh, what to say on Facebook and social media. I need the, the real, this real clever uh, comeback. I, I just need this real witty uh, tweet that I can do and sound smart and sound very uh, strong and bold. No, you just need the gospel. And I believe that this is what God's bringing us back to, is arising and shining as the people of God. Amen. I just want to remember one thing and remind you of one thing. As we talked about John the Baptist and what Jesus said. I want to remind you of one thing. is You know, just because 
you have freedom to speak doesn't mean you have anything to say. Have you ever noticed that about some people? So it has to be smart. You have to have wisdom. The Bible says that when the Holy Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, He said, be, be smart, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We get it the other way around. We bite as serpents and we fly away like doves. Amen? But He said in this hour, this is how you're going to make an impact in your generation, that if you wake up, that if you hear the sound, that if you lift your voice, I'm telling you, the glory of the Lord's coming in. It's streaming from you. It's coming from you. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. What are we going to do with it? Just sit in church and, and just, you know, conquer the carpet every Sunday and get our little bless me on? No, we're going to take what God's giving us in the house of God and we're going to take it to where it's needed the most in our culture. Come on, in our day, right now. This is a glorious day. Don't look for 2021. I said somebody said this the other day. I said I can't wait for 2021 already. But how many know we got to still live out 2020? we still got to live out the rest of this year. And no matter what comes the rest of this year, I know they're projecting a lot of gloom and doom and a lot of things are being projected right now. But one of the things we've got to project is that this is a new day. Not only this going to be a new normal for some of us, but this is a new day for the church. This is a glorious day. This is as Isaiah began to prophesy to the church, this is a time when we arise and we shine. I believe that more and more and more in my heart, I'm seeing that we've still, after all the things that are going on, we've still got broken homes that need to be fixed. We've still got children that are fatherless. We've still got things going on in our nation, amen, that need the church, amen, and they don't need us arguing and standing on a political side. They need us being the church, amen. They need us being the church, as we talked about, Brother Al so put it so great last week. And I want to leave you with this last scripture before we stand, Acts chapter 18. Paul was on his way to a missionary journey and he was going somewhere and he was going on a missionary trip and he was prepared for it. He was excited about it. God was moving in that city. He said, I'm going to the city. And in the middle of this missionary journey, the Bible says the Lord spoke to him in a vision, interrupted his plans and he said, showed him in a vision. He said, before you go into this town, this one particular town you're going in, I want to tell you something about this city. And this is what he said. I said, he said, Paul said, the Lord spoke to me in a night vision in verse 9. Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not your peace, for I am with you, and no man will set hurt on you and hurt you, for I have much people in this city. Did you hear that? I have much people in the city. So God was giving Paul a key as he went forth, and he said, look, not only are you going to have a great time, but I want you to know something. Don't be afraid to speak, because the town you're going into is going to be very difficult for people to hear what you have to say. But don't be afraid. There's going to be persecution, Paul, but don't be afraid. Don't hold your peace. Don't hold back. But you need to arise and shine. And you need to lift your voice, Paul, because I have much people in this city. How many believe that in Williamsport, God's got his people? God's got a remnant, amen, in the surrounding area. And not only that, but God's got people. He knows there's people that are waiting to hear the gospel, waiting to hear another Christian make stand up and be bold. Amen. Billy Graham said that what happens when you're courageous and that when you become courageous, the backbone of others stiffen. Amen. People are waiting for you to begin to stand up. I'm not talking about being nasty and fighting, but stand up in boldness and begin to declare the goodness of God, the power of God, the greatness of God, the word of God, the truth of God. Amen. Because the end, in the end, that's what God's backing up. That's what the glory that Isaiah is talking about is coming. And that's what he's talking about. Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? We need to pray. How many believe it's time for the church to arise and shine? Come on, us.
hopefully a little better than what you just did. Some of you took a little while to get out of your chair. Amen. It's time for the church to arise. I said, Brother Matt, how can I do that? How can I do that? My personal life, I mean, I'm trying to just pay my bills right now. I'm trying to find a job. I've got to get back to a place where I can have a, a job and work and pay bills. And I've got, to, I've got to try to navigate through what's happening right now, navigate my family through what's happening. I believe there's a couple things that we can do today as we hear the sound that we can do in response. Amen. In this day, in this age, I believe, number one, we need to pray. How many believe that prayer is always the answer? Prayer is always the default, amen, mode that we go into. We pray. That's giving God our attention. That's not complaining or, or complaining to God or, or telling God that he needs to judge all these people. No, that's just giving God our attention. Praying in faith and passion. And let me just encourage you today that I want you to pray from vision rather than circumstance. Pray from vision from the, rather than circumstance. Pray from where God wants you to go, where He's calling you to, what God has for you, rather than what you feel and what you sense and where you're at right now. Amen. The second thing you can do is praise. How many know there's nothing in the Bible that says, Thou shalt only praise in church? Some of you need to wake up a little extra, get away, and just have a prayer room, and then have a praise room. Some of you need a praise break in your living room. You just need to run around your living room. You need to run around the kitchen. Amen. Make sure you have sneakers on or whatever. But you just need to, amen, have a praise break in your house. Amen. Some of you just need to cut loose like David and just dance before the Lord with all your might in your living room. Amen. Some of you might need to put those shades down. It might seem a little crazy to your neighbors or whatever. But you need to have a praise break. See, because praise, one of the things the Bible says in praise, God is known. In Judah, in praise, God is known. And so this is what we can do. We can praise God. Praise God. Begin to enter into a level of worship and praise and thanking God because how many know there's spiritual warfare that happens in prayer and praise? Amen? I mean, thank God you're a very witty person on, on uh, Twitter, but, you know, prayer and praise are more effective. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to praise God and hear the joyful sound. And so it's just what we do. And the third thing we can do is live by the principles. Well, I believe we need to live out loud what we've heard today, what we hear in God's Word, what God's speaking to us, and we need to live in boldness. We've got to live out in boldness. Not only do we live out love, but we live out boldness, amen, and, and we live out these things boldly in Jesus' name. Not only about you, but I want to know God's voice. I want to do His will today. I want to just do what God wants me to do. I don't want to be asleep in this hour. I don't want to be like, you know, as the Bible talked about, the prophets of old, have, they, they, they prophesied against the church because the church was so caught up in the culture, they were so caught up in where they were, they were missing what God was doing in their day, in their generation. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. Come on, I don't want to miss it. When we open the doors of the OC, amen, I want us to be fully prepared in the spirit. I want us to be fully ready and, 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 and geared up to saying, listen, it's a new day for the Door Fellowship. It's a new day for my life. It's a new day for Williamsport. It's a new day for its county. It's a glorious day. Arise, shine. Amen. For our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Amen. God bless you. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving in ways that we cannot see all the time, but we know that you're moving. I pray that you would open our eyes, that we would awaken to our relationships, even in our family, that we wouldn't be asleep on the job. We would raise our children and raise their grandchildren in the fear of the Lord and teach them the ways of God, especially right now in these times that we would open up your word and say, God, this is what the Bible says. This is what the truth is. Amen. Lord, I pray that we would awaken and not be afraid and not hide, 
But in this day, in this hour, we would not come at this thing, Lord, with fear or anger, but we would come in an urgency that people need to know the truth and hear about Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray that there would be an urgency in our life like never before to live and to love and to lead like Jesus Christ. I thank you today, Lord. I pray you would bless everyone. The people aren't here. Let's let them have a great time. Bless their families, Lord. We pray, Lord, as we go from this place that we would carry the light into a dark world and we would present Jesus, amen, to a lost world. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said?